Welcome to Ability Stories Podcast, where we discuss the successes, challenges, and stories of people with disabilities. I'm your host, Tara Briggs. To contact me, please send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. Welcome to Ability Stories. I'm your host, Tara Briggs, and we are actually back after months. People have probably wondered where we've gone, so I'll just give a little bit of an update. Um, Our youngest daughter, Ariana Christina, was born on June 29th at 8 in the morning. So between the end of my pregnancy, where I felt like a walking, exhausted blimp, and adjusting to a newborn, um, it's been a little crazy. We have had a debate in my family about cable or no cable. So the first time this debate came up was several years ago. We were at my brother-in-law's house and we were watching some sort of sports game and my husband's like, oh, we should get cable. This, I don't know, college football is not available on regular TV, whatever game it was. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm way too cheap for that. So then we were on a trip and we were watching Food Network, and I think it is the coolest thing to watch Chopped and figure out how somebody is going to put Vienna sausages into a dessert. I mean, that is just seriously rad. So that did it. We got cable, and then we had children, and so we thought, we'll see if we can reduce the cable bill So we called him up just before our oldest daughter was born, and we said, we would like to reduce our cable bill. I should insert here, the reason we're looking at reducing our expenses was because Tara was quitting her job. Yes, I was quitting my job. So we were down from two incomes to one. Yes, Tyler is here. He's my guest today, but you get to listen to me jabber at you for a while. So um, their, their solution was to give us HBO free for six months, and then it would only cost us ten ninety five. Additional. Additional. <laughs> After the six months. So we decided to scrap cable, and um, our new internet was like $20 a month, and it was good. And then the speed went down, and the rates went up. And I think it was when we were just a few weeks ago I was trying to load Frozen for our little two-year-old and it was taking twice as long to put Frozen on the Apple TV you know to let her watch it as it was to actually watch the movie that I went okay let's do cable so we got cable and the point of this whole story is we got to watch the Paralympics on cable it was so awesome um Tyler stayed up till two in the morning (laughs) the other night and he had to get up at five to go to work how you you must have been so dragging that day um but it was awesome the part that i was awake for was the blind swimmers and it was so cool they had brad snyder and he was winning gold and breaking records and it was just so awesome it's like that's my people it was so cool so anyway if anybody happens to know any Paralympians who would be willing to come on to Ability Stories and talk about their experiences, I am abilitystories at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter, actually. Um, I don't know what to do with Twitter. I think... Oh, John Lipsy signed me up. Um, and I've been on Twitter for a while doing nothing. I have a Facebook page an Ability Stories Facebook page. Nothing is done with it. I don't know how to do these social media things. Anyway, but I am Ability Stories 1. That's my Twitter handle, I think they call it, is Ability Stories 1. Yeah, so I'm totally inept. (laughs) We have some cool podcasts coming up. I got to interview Jamie, um, and Jamie talked about what it's like to recover from a traumatic brain injury, and um, she was a professional skier and that was just a way fun interview so that one will be coming up and then I interviewed Kyle Woodruff he is a blind uh, teacher at Sundance Elementary in Arizona and we'll have that one coming up and I was on the Tech Doctor podcast this was again forever ago 
and I heard from some listeners, which was so fun. Totally made my day. And one of them was a lady by the name of Jan Brown, and her husband also had muscular dystrophy. We talked, and that interview is going to take some serious editing because we were like all over the map for a couple hours. So I'll shorten it down and, and post it. My guest today is my husband, Tyler. And for those of you who are maybe tuning in for the first time or don't want to spend 30 minutes on my introduction, <laughs> um, I am blind. I've been blind since birth. And Tyler has arthrogryposis and muscular dystrophy um, congenitally. So those are also since birth. Tyler's disability necessitates his receiving help with dressing and bathing and eating and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about what it's like to be parents and how we do it. So to start us off, why don't you introduce yourself? People know a little bit about you from my introduction to the podcast, but... So I am the infamous or famous Tyler Briggs, however you want to look at it. Um, I am 35 years old. I work for Brigham Young University located in Provo, Utah. And um, I got my master's degree in vocational rehabilitation from Utah State University in 2014 and my undergrad degree in microbiology from Brigham Young University in 2007. So, um, lest you think it took me seven years to get my degree, my, my master's degree, you're not far off. It actually only took me five. The, the two years right after I graduated with my bachelor's, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, and eventually, after trying to apply for law school and studying for the LSAT and taking the LSAT and getting rejected, I came full circle to doing what I actually wanted to do all along, which was get a degree in vocational rehabilitation. So life has a way of working itself out. Sometimes you have to be stupid and stubborn to get there, though. <laughs> and that was me. So, anyway. Uh, but I work for Brigham Young University in their career services office. I work with students with disabilities to help them find jobs. And I, I love it. It's a great job. Yeah, we need to... I need to have... We, we need to do an interview with you sometime about volunteering your way into your job, because that's what you did. But <laughs> um, So, my first question is... When you were growing up as a kid, did you think that you would become a parent? Um, I don't know that I gave the parent aspect much thought directly. I mean, growing up, my parents were instrumental in helping me see that I could do whatever I wanted to do. They, they instilled that mindset in me. Um, so I... You know, I figured I'd grow up and go to school and get education and and eventually have a job. I didn't give a whole ton of thought to the family side of things. I I think I always hoped it would happen and and but never really kind of placed all my emphasis on on that. Um, so I I don't know I I I guess I had hoped that I'd be a parent, but I never. I, I don't know, never really focused on it too much. Yeah, I think, for me, I hoped that I would be a parent, um, and I knew that there were, you know, there were blind parents. I knew I'd, I'd met them, so. Um, but I think the dating aspect of it, when you have a disability, can be challenging. Yep, I went on a blind date, my very first date with you, and continue going on blind dates <laughs> ever since. <gasps> yeah... But um, on a on a slightly more serious note, I mean, you have to have people that are willing to see you as a person <laughs> rather than just as a a crip, as a cripple. Hopefully, nobody. Anyway, yeah, I, I think that that's there's definitely part of it. Yep. That would be a good podcast. It's true love when you wipe someone's butt. <laughs> Oh, I will never forget the first time I helped you in the bathroom. <laughs> I will never forget that one. <laughs> okay. Um. So, talk about when you first found out you'd be a parent. Oh, 
And how did you feel? When I first found out I'd be a parent was, was uh, what, in 2010? Mm-hmm. Was when you got pregnant with uh, for the first time. And at pregnant that time... Pregnant with a miscarriage. <laughs> what? Pregnant with a miscarriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pregnant with a miscarriage. Um, that time I was, I was petrified because... Um, I think because of the way I view my role. I, I view my role and my, my way of contributing um, in being able to provide financially for for my family. Um, I don't I don't mean that as a stereotypical thing. I mean that as, from my disability and the limits I have and and, and, and the and the things I am able to do. Um, you know, I can't I can't take care of a newborn. I've never changed a diaper I in my know, life. I know. I'm really tired of it. I wish she was stopping so lazy. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry. So you have the lucky job Marie's of wiping... Marie's next poopy diaper is yours. <laughs> you have the lucky job of wiping everyone's butts in our family. I know. Including the dogs. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but anyway, enough about butts. Um, but, but no, I don't. I don't mean... I don't mean to imply any kind of stereotype um, when I when I talk about providing for my family. It's what I'm able to do. At the time when you first got pregnant, um, I was terrified because I was working part time for BYU, and <clears throat> they were under a hiring freeze. I was I was actually in a position that was meant to be full time. But because of the hiring freeze, they couldn't bring me on full-time. And so I was terrified because you were working full-time. And um, I knew that that would change once the baby came because of the work involved in caring for a baby and and um, trying to balance that with a full-time job. I think we decided with our situation that it would just be more than you could handle. Yeah, for me, when you first got pregnant, I was happy, clappy, all will be well, because we've been trying for a year and something will work out. And the job thing worked out, um, but I had three miscarriages in a nine-month period. <laughs> it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I remember, though, when you called me, because they, they put you... Um, they put you on three quarters time, and you're like, "This is so cool! I'm on three quarters time." I'm like, uh-huh, that's nice, honey. And then they, you called me like two weeks later at work, and you said, "I, um, I'm signing paperwork. I'm full time. Come, well, I think it was what the first of 2011, something like that." And I just, I cried. It was such a relief, because um, it's, it is not. It can be really hard when you have disabilities to figure out how are you going to support yourself and your family. Because there's stuff that, you know, nobody's going to drive, hire either one of us to deliver Domino's pizza. Dang it. I know. It's my dream job and they just won't give it to me. Um, And, (laughs) you know, there's also stuff you can do, but you get discrimination. Going back, going on to getting pregnant, like when we were actually pregnant with Marie, you were... You were really excited. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were you optimistic that they figured out why I kept miscarrying and. Yeah, yeah, I was optimistic they'd figured that out, and you know we were in a good place as far as living situation. We were in a condo as opposed as opposed to an old, awful, musk, musty, moldy department not department apartment. It was just horrific. Um, Okay, this is totally off the subject. And maybe I should edit this out, but I won't. But I will never forget when I got back from the seeing eye and we go happy clappy walking down the sidewalk. Yay, our home. Great seeing eye dog. I've been staying with my parents for three weeks while you were gone getting the dog and we were coming home. home. Yeah, you picked me up from the airport. And we get to where our apartment is. And you let out this beautiful string of expletives that I won't repeat in consideration of who might be listening. But they had torn out the sidewalk so you couldn't get in. 
It was a lovely welcome home present from our apartment complex. Really appreciated it. Yeah, yep. I remember that. Anyway, um, yeah, so I just having those three miscarriages was so, so devastating. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. Um, and then I was a disaster area when we were pregnant with Marie because I remember I cried like at the drop of the hat. Yep. Oh, I was so scared of having a third miscarriage. Fourth. Fourth. You're right. Sorry. Fourth miscarriage. <laughs> um, and then I remember the ultrasound. For me, that's almost the moment when I first found out I was going to be a parent. Like, really found out. Because Dr. Folk's like, there's a baby in there. And I started crying. <laughs> and hmm. He's like, got to stop crying. I'm losing your baby on the monitor. I was so happy. Hmm. Um. And there were so many healing things that happened with that pregnancy. I'd been listening to a book that I was really loved, but one of the characters in it got pregnant, so I could not listen to that book anymore. I put it away for like two years. I could not handle it. Hmm. Um, and then after our ultrasound, it's like, I can listen to that book where the character is pregnant because I'm pregnant too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And... So, yeah, the, I, I loved feeling her move. I know that was your favorite moment, too, was when you first felt Marie move. Yeah. When you put your hand on my tummy. I remember feeling her move. Um, it was 14 weeks. It was early. And my doctor, when I was like, I felt the baby move. And he's like, you couldn't have felt the baby move. It's too early. And I didn't have enough nerve to say, you're a man, dude. No offense, but you've not had a, never had a baby inside of you. So what do you know? <laughs> anyway, um... So that was I love that. Uh, describe the moment when you first saw our, our our children, first time you saw our children. So the 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 labor and delivery processes for each was uh, drastically different. You were in labor with Marie for thirty six hours, and we were well. I don't know about you. You were. Um, you you'd gone into this place of just sheer survival by the by the end of it, but you know the rest of us were punch drunk because we hadn't slept in in two days. And anyway, um, so with with Marie, we knew halfway through that labor and delivery process that she'd swallowed meconium and. Uh, so there was already some, um, I don't know, nervousness about about how her little life would begin because we knew that when she took her first breath, that would cause some trouble. Uh, so as they as they delivered her, I was I was, you know, we were we were in an operating room just close to the NICU, adjacent to the NICU, so they could just pass her through. Um, so. I was sitting on the side of the table where the window to the NICU was, and I could watch what was going on. So the doctor brought her, showed me, showed her to me for a split second, then rushed her through to the NICU window. And uh, I was I was extremely I was extremely nervous. Um, I I couldn't see much of what was going on in the NICU as they were working with her, uh, but but I could see one of the nurses' faces, and she and I made eye contact as they were working with Marie. I left that window open so that I could, I think, see what was going on, and, and so that we could both both hear. Um, and I, I could see that they were frantically working with her, and I remember at one point even, they were, they had picked her up to where I could see her, and they were like beating the crap out of her, trying to get her to Oh, um, I didn't know that, our poor child. Yeah. But, but, um, anyways, Welcome to the world, let's just smack you. <laughs> but it was kind of startling to watch that, but, but once I, you know, I kind of heard that first little cry and, and, the, and the nurse smiled at me. And once I saw the nurse smile at me, you know, it was something where I couldn't even see her face because she was in a mask, but I could tell from her eyes that she was smiling. And I knew at that point that, that things were looking up and that things were okay. And uh, so it was, it was awesome. It was 
That was like just pins and needles situation with Marie. With Ari, <laughs> you know, we, we had planned her C-section. We knew, what, a couple weeks ahead of time when she'd be born. Oh, so, like a month. Oh, a month. Yeah, over a month. So we could plan it and... and and all was well. We went to the hospital, got checked in for the surgery. Tara got changed, and they did the monitoring they needed to do, and off to the hour we went. And uh, it was literally in about an hour, hour and a half, that Ari was born. And, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was that they put a clear drape up so that I could watch what was going on, see as much as I could of the C-section. I've had over 50 orthopedic operations in my life, so I'm not really afraid of blood and gore. Did you see and anything like I don't know, my intestines on the table or my tummy? Oh, they they anything? popped your whole, they popped your whole uterus out of your belly, so I could see it. Ooh, um, what color is it? Clear. Your uterus is clear. Yep. Really? Yeah. Weird, man. Yeah. So could you like see the baby in my uterus? No, no, this was after she was out. But your but they. Uterus they, is clear. That's crazy. I think. Like this big spherical ball of grossness, though. <laughs> um, hey, you got children out of that grossness. Show some respect. That's right. <laughs> but um, no, with Ari, it was it was magical. I mean, she that they pulled her out and and you know they held her up so I could see her, and she mm. started to cry. Um, but then they took her over to the little newborn station that was in the OR there and. Got her cleaned up and breathing, and, and and it was just fun. It was fun to to watch. And then they they put her right on your chest, and yeah, and, I love that. Yeah, and and it was all it was all it was awesome, but it was almost anticlimactic to me. Like, oh well, this wasn't quite as yay for anticlimax. And, and <laughs> it's like wow, that was easy. I know, it was nice. I didn't do anything. Well, men never do anything. Yes, except, we do. Well, the beginning of the process, you just have a joyful time and then leave us with the work. Anyway. <laughs> hey, it's work for us, too. It's all no, no bed of roses suffering with you people for nine months. <laughs> Quaddy, I would be... I would be nice to me because I have a lot more movement than you do. I am being nice. Yeah, I remember, um, I remember with Marie, oh my gosh, I was in the weirdest just place of just survival, so honestly, it was really nice that I didn't know that she was blue and they were beating our child into, into life, and the first thing I, like, I heard her cry, and then I was like, Is, do we have a girl? Because, because, um, you know, <laughs> we had this whole room of pink stuff, <laughs> and yeah. we cut off tags off of everything, so... Um, it's nice on the ultrasounds, right? And with Ariana, I remember, um, and I remember touching Marie's nose. I'm touching her nose. I love that. Touching her nose is so sweet. You know, I touched Marie's nose after they got her cleaned up and threw her on the operating table for just a minute. And then with Ariana, I remember, I remember holding her and how wonderful that was. And I love nursing her. That was really, that was great. The, with Marie, it was like for the first six weeks how did the human race manage to survive? We should have all died out long ago if this is the way we all managed to eat as infants because I don't know what I'm doing. And then we just, it clicked and we moved right along. It was great. With Ariana, it was just instant. Um, so it's like how, riding a bike. Yeah, for me. Yeah, with Ariana, it really was. I was like, okay, got the feel. That's good. Um, how has being a parent changed you? Um... It's made me more of a worry wart, if you can believe that. Um, I worry always about their safety and just, you know, not necessarily because of our situation, but just because, you know, especially with our two year old, she's two and into everything, onto everything, and under everything. And so we always worry about are they safe? And, and um, you know, I, I, I take work even more seriously than I did in the past. Because um, I feel such a tremendous responsibility to provide for for them and make sure they're taken care of and 
and have the things I need. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's given me. Oh, I don't know. Given me a new appreciation for for adult time and, and getting to do stuff just the two of us. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's been a big change for me. I think that I you know, because we by the time we had Marie, um it was just under 5 years that we had been trying and having miscarriages and struggling and um and and I think I saw parenthood as rainbows and roses and <laughs> and there were some days with thorny rain showers and I'm like what the heck is all this oh my gosh what have I done but it's I've loved it but it's been it's been harder than I thought it would be and it's also given me um a lot of gratitude for our support system and for you know friends and family that have just come in and just you know um taken the kids so we can go on a date or um gone you know taking me to the store our friend is going to come and watch the kids on Monday afternoon so I can go to my flute lessons. My flute lesson. What are your dreams for our kids? Um, I think that they... I think my dream for our kids is that they are able to, to pursue whatever dream they have and, and achieve as many of their dreams as they can to and want to pursue. Um, my dream is that they'll have a drive and desire to work as hard as they can at whatever they do to, to be successful. Um, also that they'll be, they'll be um, loving, caring, and compassionate people to, to others and want to, want to serve and help others throughout their lives. I think for me, I want them to be happy at whatever they do and, and successful at it. Um, I want to have, I want to have good relationships with them, you know, throughout their lives as adults and and stuff. Um, and then I want to, I want, I hope that they are compassion, have compassion, understanding towards people who are you know, towards people who are diverse, um, people with disabilities, I think. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any fears about being a parent? I mean, you know, for me, one of mine is I have this fear of them getting hurt or killed in a car accident. Yeah. That's, it's weird, like, I, I never, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just because that you just, I think it'd be so hard. Um... But our other fear is, you know, disability related, is them not being accepted, right, do you mm -hmm. think, by, by parents or, or, you know, by other kids or by kids' parents. I was reading on the, there's a disabled parenting website, and there was this um, blog entry by some parents who have disabilities who both use wheelchairs, and they were at a playgroup, and everybody, all the kids in the playgroup got an invitation to a birthday party except their kid because the parents were in a wheelchair and the, the you know the parents who were extending the invitation didn't know know how they'd get in their house that's awful yeah yeah did they talk about it did they pursue it anymore yeah they did they asked them and they're like well we didn't know how you'd get in i wish that people would just ask i wish they would not assume just ask say hey we'd love to have you guys come and have your kid come to our party but like dumb question how do we how do you get into our house we got a big old flight of stairs what what can we do how can we work this out being being uneducated about how something works i think is fine that's normal but what's really frustrating is when people just um they just hide it you know they don't want to deal with it that's what's painful yeah i think but the other fear that we have in is having our kids taken away because we have disabilities. Um. We came close to that. Uh, I don't know. We, we, we had an experience in the hospital 
I think it more felt like we were close to it rather than it was actually... Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no. We, um, actually with both kids, we had a social worker visit us um, at the end of our hospital stay. And, um, again, as with their births, this this experience was uh, drastically different from from each other. Um, With the first social worker who visited us after Marie was born, she was very complimentary to us. She said we were good parents, we were doing a good job. She asked us if you know, if we had everything we need, did we have the supports we needed in going home, did we feel comfortable? And there was no there was no fear behind that that we would fail. Uh, we felt very supportive, felt like she was there to offer any help that she could in making us successful. And um well, and her, her approach also, I mean, I don't even think, I didn't even realize that she was a social worker. I thought she was just, I get, I don't know, just some dude from the hospital, um, or lady from the hospital. Her approach was just, you know, we've, it's been so nice having you stay with us. Looks like you guys have such a great support system. You guys are so loving towards your little girl. There's such a neat, you know, feeling in your room. Kind of just really, we are on your side. Yeah. And then... We had Ariana, and the next social worker came waltzing in. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's a good description of waltzing. She she did just that. She was she was very cheerful, very chipper. Um, the way she came into the room, I had to do a double take and make sure that I like wasn't you know, that I didn't know her from somewhere before, and I was supposed to. Um, she walked in like she knew us, and and then. She started on a question. She told us she was a social worker there with the hospital. But that's all. She didn't tell she us gave. she was for, what, from the hospital, did she? She just said she was a social worker. Oh. Yeah. Which was important to me because I didn't know f- where she was from. I mean, I didn't okay, know if she's right. some CP, you know, Child Protective Services, you know, because we can't have parents with disabilities, you know, they shouldn't exist or what her deal is. And then she started writing down... Well, she started questioning. Yeah. Um, she asked who everybody in the room was. At that time, Tara's sister and her sister's oldest son was in the room with us. She asked where everybody was from, and um, she wrote... She took detailed notes of everyone's answers. And, and uh, then she asked... Uh, well, well, yes. well, that must have freaked you out, was watching her take notes. I didn't know that she was taking notes, but her manner was just... I don't know. How did, what's it the, was just very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that was it. It was just very awkward. And, um, you know, and I tried using humor. She's like, you know, how are you guys getting home? I said I was driving. Advised her not to be on the road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she... That Everyone one, else laughed but that her. That one went over like a dead balloon on her. <laughs> right. A lead like, balloon, rather. Sorry. And so, at that point, I was like, ma'am, why are you here? And she said, oh, I'm here from, you know, hospital discharge. And and you said, you know, you're making us very uncomfortable. And I talked, you know, told her there have been parents who have, with disabilities, who had their t- children taken away from, you know, for no other reason than they're, than that they're disabled and by this point we're both pretty emotional mm-hmm. um and she starts doing some serious awkward backpedaling <laughs> oh, well and at that at that point well not at that point but as she was first starting her questioning the nurse was in oh yeah the room doing a check on on ari uh you know doing one of their regular checks on her and tara you asked the nurse to hand ari to you because uh, I think your mother bear instincts were coming out at that point, and uh, you're going to protect her, um, you know, at expense of life and limb. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So after I said, you know, said, "Why are you here?" and we said how uncomfortable she was making us, she started doing some serious backpedaling, and she said something like, "I have a." You know, have a kitty on my notepad and a kitty at my house, and that's all I need. I'm not trying to take your baby. Um, 
and I didn't have the wit to say, you know, I'm not accusing you of kidnapping. <laughs> I'm wondering if you're from, you know, Child Protective Services or something from the state. Thinking that parents with disabilities shouldn't have kids. Um, as it stands now in Utah where we live, there's still no law to prevent at least blind people. I don't know if other people with disabilities have protection, but at least blind people, there's no law to prevent them from losing their children based solely on blindness. Anyway, so she, she basically said, I think you want me to leave, so I'm going to go. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And our nurse yelled at her. <laughs> we did some pretty serious follow-up afterward because that, that concerned us. That whole experience really tainted the whole day for us. We, Well, the yeah. hospital stay. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially that day, though, because that was the yeah. day we did our celebratory dinner and... And... Uh, you know the, the the hospital will give the give the mother and father a, a celebratory dinner. They try to make it a little bit nicer than than average. They uh, anyway, you know, so that the parents can celebrate and enjoy a meal together. Um, but but all we could think about and talk about the rest of that day was was that experience. And um, I, you know, we talked to the. <coughs> the managing nurse on the floor that night and expressed our concerns about that and she gave me the email address for uh, for her boss and, and we got you know, we sent an email out describing what had happened we got a good positive response back from her and we're also told that there would be some follow up sensitivity training given and um, I, I felt like they were as responsive as they could be. Uh, yeah. About our concerns. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I thought so too. But it's a scary, it's scary to go through. I think that there's kind of a <coughs> I can't think of quite the word I want, but kind of a group, um, <coughs> kind of a trauma among people with disabilities that. Um, you know, we're not often seen as capable and we're not often seen as employable and we're not often seen as people that are, you know, as parents. Um, and so when you face threats like that, there's, that can be scary. And I don't think she had a clue. No. You know, I, I don't think she just, she didn't know what she'd <laughs> tapped into. Um, so I mean, I, uh, part of me did, did feel bad because she was... Obviously not expecting the the reaction that that she got from us. No. <laughs> and uh, she she was quick to get out of there, and I was I was. Yeah, she stirred up a hornet's nest without see her realizing go, it. But, yeah. But yeah, she, I think she felt really badly, because her intention was not at all what we perceived it to be. No, no, it wasn't. Um, do you have any favorite stories? Oh, um, oh, like this morning, for instance, you know, one of the things I love about Murray is Murray seems to be very perceptive um, about our disabilities. She, um, you know, so, so last night we had some friends over for dinner, and they brought dinner, and we provided dessert. Tara made um, brownies, and so today Marie had asked for a piece of brownie, and she came in to me and said, Dad, do you want some brownie? She was just so cute and so thoughtful to uh, ask me if I wanted some brownie. You know, you don't think that a two-year-old would do that. And um, so I said, yeah, that'd be great. She brought in a piece of brownie for me to eat. And she, at first, put it on my desk. And I said, oh, Marie, can you can you put that in Daddy's mouth, please? And so she did. She put it in my mouth and... and uh, I gave her a kiss and a hug and told her thanks and you know it's just it's just fun. She seems to be very perceptive about about what we need. Um, every every night or most nights, um, I take medications and Marie likes to hold the pills in her hand and give them to me in my mouth. And uh, you know, I also love to when she comes to sit on my lap and we share. We share dinner together most nights. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know? 
Yeah, I, um, my, one of my favorite stories are, has been watching her learn to speak. I have so enjoyed <laughs> that. And she can't, you know, she can point at something till the cows come home, but she's not going to get it from her blind mom. She learned from an early age that <laughs> mom can't see, so pointing doesn't work. So she came up with the word Oni, which means, I, you know, I want Oni. Oni, just figure it out. And uh, Oni, Oni. And one time when I was praying with Ari, I was really sick. My mom was over watching Marie. And I was in the tub hoping that that would make my nausea feel better. And little Marie came in. She loves to get in the tub with mommy. And she goes, Oni, Oni. And I just had to, okay, had to let her into the tub. It was so cute. Um, yeah, I've, I've loved watching her language. And I... Um, one time, you know, they start to realize that you can't see. And one time I was asking her to hand me a remote. I can't remember why. And she kind of pulled it away. And it was so hard not to laugh because I thought, you are starting to clue in that mom can't see. It was it was hard not to laugh. It was cute. Um, and I think one of my favorite memories of Ari, memories of Ari so far, has been just as, you know, she cries and then she'll hear my voice. And, you know, she stops crying and... Oh, she loves you because when she cries, you know, as most babies do, they flail around a little bit. And when she hears your voice, she she stops and she focuses really intently on you. Yeah. She she knows you're coming. She's a sweetie. I love her. She is. Her girls. She is a mama's girl. <laughs> um, what is the hardest part? about uh, being a parent? Um, I, I don't know. I miss being able to like, pick up our kids and swing them in the air or, you know, do some of, the, some of those little physical, affectionate things that, that most parents can do. Um, I, I, I wish I could <laughs> do that, but... but one of the one of the fears I had too when Marie was first born, you know, especially where I couldn't do much with her, was wondering if she would know that I was her dad and and um, you know, because because I couldn't do a lot of hands-on interaction, but but I think I don't have that fear anymore. She and I have an incredibly strong bond with each other, and. Uh, it's just, it's just fun. She's so much fun. Yeah, she is. With Ari too, I think Ari. Ari. Doesn't have the same like. Connection, with me as she does with you, Tara. But I think she, knows I'm dad and feels safe with me. Yeah, I think. Um, I think. I think you and Marie. I remember just when we were in the hospital. Uh, with Marie watching, uh, you know, her, she knew your voice, was, you know, mm. you could just tell that she knew your, she knew daddy's voice. And, and, and when she was in utero, I'd loved to talk to her. I'd put my face right up against Sarah's tummy and just talk to Marie. Yeah. Um, I did it with both girls, but, um, you know, I think that really helped to establish that bond. I think for me, um, the hardest part has been um, isolation. I didn't, I didn't know that being a stay-at-home mom was so isolating, and I think also not being able to to drive is just, yeah, it's difficult, and that's that's been hard. Um, and I think that the other thing that's been hard is harder than I thought it would be is not knowing what my kids look like like I really don't care what people look like it's never made up my world it's never going to make up my world it just doesn't matter um, but for some reason my kids I've, I've cared you know when people tell me Marie is beautiful I don't know what that means I think she's beautiful but I'm referring to her personality not her looks mm -hmm. you know I don't know what that means I, I wonder what 
What are, what are her what color? What are her eyes look like? What does that what does that look like? What has been the best part? For me, the best part has been, you know, being able to have dinner with her and and sit with her and and sit with both of them. Actually, it was fun because last weekend I was sitting on the couch and uh, you know had this thought of well I could put Tara's nursing pillow over my body. And oh yeah. Yeah, safely and you hold, hold Ari that you, way, yeah. and that was really fun. She, she sat there and quieted right down. I mean, we had a good little talk and snuggle session for a while. It was really fun. Yeah, I loved interacting with him. I think, um, yeah, I think for me the best part has been just interacting with them as, as individuals and watching them grow and discover the world and. Um, I'm so excited for Christmas. I've never been this. <laughs> I've excited. never seen you so excited for <laughs> Christmas ever. <laughs> I've last year we got when I put up the tree and I put it up totally for Marie. I was so sick there was that was otherwise the tree would not have gone up. But I put a bunch of all the plastic ornaments on the bottom so she could carry them around and <laughs> we still find ornaments around the house occasionally. I'm excited about putting up the tree and I'm I'm so excited for. I've been looking for what what we want to give her for Christmas, and she's cute because when she gets her presents, she wants to slowly look at everything. And you know, I'm I'm one of those people that just likes to look at all the choices. And you know, as a kid, I wanted to see all the presents that were there, and then I'd pick one to play with. Marie wants to slowly play with one and then move on <laughs> to the next one. It's cute. Um, and then my last question is what do you hope if, or if sorry if you had one lesson that people you know could know about parents with disabilities what would that be um it's okay to have fears um and, and worries about being a parent especially if you have a disability but um also know that there are ways to work through those fears um and and you don't have to have all the answers right up front because you're not going to know how life is going to work for you as you know in your individual situation until you actually start that journey of parenthood you know but but there are solutions um I'm really grateful for for my family and for your family too because they've been such a huge support system and and you know as independent as I think we as people with disabilities want to be that support system is key um, although I think it's key for everybody mm -hmm. I mean I've had to remind myself of that sometimes um, you know I went to the library with a friend uh, just the other day and she said you know I've, it's it's much more fun to go with another adult we we took our two kids to the library and she said it's much more fun to go with another adult and I thought yeah that's you know that's true um so even if even though people can you know the non-disabled population or you know parents have more independence I still think that they they still need you know none of us survive on our own yeah. 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 I think for me, um, I think kind of what I was thinking as I asked the question, although I really liked your answer, is what would you want the non-disabled population, you know, to know about parents with disabilities? Um, and you can feel free to chime in too. But I think what I'd want them to know is um, we're just like everybody else. I mean, we have the same hopes, we have the same fears, we have the same dreams for our kids as everybody else and um, if you have a question ask <laughs> it's okay um, I think there's a polite way to ask like hey I, I'm curious about this do you mind if I ask you you know it's always a little off-putting when somebody has never met me um, you know and first thing out of their mouth is how much can she how much can you see it's like mm, yeah maybe you should get to know me first <laughs> but um, and I guess the other thing 
I um, I guess I'd want them to know that you know, <clears throat> yeah, we want our kids to grow up just the same. And I, you know, for example, like when Marie and Ari can drive, I don't want them to turn into the family chauffeurs. I think I think there's a balance that I hope we're able to find, which is, you know, yeah, now they can drive, and if we're all headed to the family dinner. Let's let's you know, <laughs> let's go. Um, but you know that. I don't know. Do you know what I mean by that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you're not supposed to give up your life as a teenager to drive your parents around. On the other hand, maybe we could do an exchange for gas and a trip to the store. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, anything else that you wanted to... I can't think of anything. Okay. This is so funny. Because this is the second time that we recorded this. Because I, I killed it. I killed the first one. And I was mourning and mourning and mourning, and you're like, all right, just press record, let's do it again. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Anyway, I, it's, that's such a, I swear that's just a, that's such a you response. It's like, all right, moving on. <laughs> I think the second one went a little better even. Yeah, I think it did too. Um, as always, if you have comments or questions, I can be reached at abilitystories at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm AbilityStories1, or at AbilityStories1, I guess that's how they say it. And I have a Facebook page, which is, nothing's happening with it, so if there's anybody out there who knows how to do stuff on Facebook pages, um, send me an email. I'd love I'd love advice, because it'd be nice for it to do more than just sit there in, in, in Cyberland. Alright, we'll be back again, and it won't be four months. But anyway, so um, today we are, I thought we would talk about parenting because that's what we've been doing a lot of the past, <laughs> well, the past two years, but zero, zero, apostrophe, zero, zero, apostrophe, apostrophe, one, four, four, gain colon, level, zero, gain colon. So my guest today is my husband Tyler, and we're going to talk about parenting and how we do it, just as kind of a reminder for anybody who's tuning in and hasn't heard the introduction. I am blind, I've been blind since birth, and Tyler has muscular dystrophy and arthrogryposis, which he has also had since birth. And his disability necessitates him receiving help to eat and to bathe and to get dressed and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we parent. Definitely the past um, two... How, how old is our child? Almost three months. Okay. Yes, she'll be 11 weeks on Wednesday, right? Yep. Okay, you keep back of these track of these things much better than I do. Let's see, are you close enough? I don't know. Uh, okay, I'm gonna press enter. I should have I should have tested this. Wasn't a good idea. Forgot about that. Thank you for joining us on Ability Stories. Please review this podcast in iTunes. To comment on this episode please go to abilitystories.podbean.com. If you have any show ideas or would like to be a guest on Ability Stories, send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. <laughs>